0: Ladies and gentlemen to the one and only Grateful 8 Show. We talk about all the good stuff: business, sports, education, family, relationships. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Welcome to the show. As always, got my co-pilot, Mr. Marcus Swats. What's going on, brother?
1: What's How are we living bro? this
0: morning? Good, How are we living man. this morning?
1: Football is back. Like officially, officially. So it's just a great
0: time of year, man. So I was thinking about intro topics, and uh I think what I wanted to go with today is the dominance of YouTube TV. And the reason I'm gonna bring it up is because I did buy the NFL ticket this year. So okay. I have every I have every game. I'm
1: about to get it too.
0: But what NFL ticket does, or what YouTube TV does, is it does the four blocks, bro. So yesterday I was watching I watched eight games yesterday. <laughs> yeah like basically at the i watched four and then four basically at the same time and it's like different than red zone see i didn't I, i was never a huge red zone guy because it's like it just jumps around it almost feels like you're watching football on steroids where it's just like or like cocaine almost where it's like you don't even get to see what's really happening in the game you just see like the touchdowns and stuff i don't know it's it's not my style when it comes to watching i think if you're just into fantasy football maybe which I'm not playing at all this year. I think it would maybe be something a little more intriguing to me as far as trying to keep up with all my guys. But uh, man, YouTube TV crushed it, bro. I was able to watch exactly what I wanted yesterday. Um, during the like Patriots game, I'd pull it full screen. During commercial break, I would shrink it down to the bottom corner and have three other mm-hmm. games on. And uh, anyways, totally worth the 300 bucks. So if you haven't done it yet, bro, you got to do it. Yeah.
1: So. First off, this has been a long time coming because if you have been an Apple TV user, then you've had this feature for a long time because this is how I've always watched anything on ESPN. You can get on the ESPN app and the ESPN app has always done this. So like it was always good, like on a, you know, 45, 50 inch TV. But when I got my 70 inch two years ago and I was doing it, it was like literally watching, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy, but, um, YouTube did this for the NCAA tournament this year.
0: If you notice, they had, but it was split.
1: It was like split games. It was only two, but I was like, oh, they already, they know what time it is. It's coming for sure. And, uh, it's a great, it's, it's a great experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you can just pick which audio you want on. So if there's a specific game you want to hear, but then you want to see the other ones. Mm -hmm. It's great. Um, it was the first time, so we we used to have a seventy-eight inch or a seventy-five inch at our old house, and they would have been perfect for that. Where this for that. the TV we TV we currently have is like sixty, which is plenty good. It works, but I was out on our patio a lot, and our patio is only like a fifty, I think. And so mm-hmm. it was the first time being out there on the patio. I'm like, yeah, okay, this, might need this to- needs to be just a little yep, bit bigger. Yep, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Something else I'll say about YouTube TV is. First off, it's my preferred. It's it's my preferred TV, and the reason is because every time you go back into YouTube TV, it has all the stuff that you recently watched, or like stuff that's like it, and it shows up for you already. So they keep me, you know, what I'm saying, in the vein
0: of stuff that I love to watch. So yeah, they're doing it big. The only thing I don't like about that feature, though, is. It'll pull up reruns for me because obviously I watch a lot of sports. Yeah. So when I go to try to find a real live game, it also pulls up the reruns, and so it gets a little like the re-air. Yeah. Little clusterate, little clustered as like NFL Network or NBA TVs running reruns. It's like trying to show me those when I'm trying mm-hmm. to find like no, TNT stuff, or something yeah. for the real game. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's
1: when I switch over to like the the live one, and then it shows me all those games.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's but usually the, cool. the route to go. Yeah. And the back features that are like previous channels, the only thing I wish it had. That's the only thing I feel like it's missing. You kind of have to like go back and then find it. But the good thing about the four squares that we were talking about is when you click on one square, but then you hit back, it just goes back to the four square. So that's like very similar to like a previous channel where I guess so. eh, You know. Toggling back between two channels um, still is a little gimmicky because you have to, like, go find the channel and, and stuff like that. So,
1: so before you switch to YouTube TV, what was your go-to? And, and when's the last time you had, like, straight up, like, cable?
0: I can't even think the last time I had cable. Um, what we usually do is we had a handful of streaming services. So, like, we did Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff. But we never had live TV. What we'd actually just use is... Either an antenna, believe it or not, we did that for a long time because you can get NBC, ABC, CBS if you get like the right style of antenna for a TV. Um, and then we would also use my dad's login for his cable package. So we could stream essentially. That's what
1: I was about to say.
0: Stream ESPN and some right of the there. other accounts um, off of his login. But um, he's even switched over to YouTube TV now. I will share. This is my secret hack for YouTube TV. Find a neighbor. Find somebody that lives close to you that has it and split close it. Close to you. Because yeah. I got a buddy that lives about a mile away from me and we just split it. We've in the same
1: sp- zip code, because that's the thing. It has to be in the same zip code. Yeah.
0: Yep. And I used to try to split it with a buddy in Missouri, but they eventually flagged it and they locked my account because it said I was out of the service area. But this guy, he's not right up the block. And so it's like we've been splitting it. So, dude, it cost me like thirty bucks a month, thirty-five bucks a month. Um to To have full cable and the DVR is obviously unlimited and all that. So I'm actually thinking about removing Hulu because a lot of the stuff we watch on Hulu is really just stuff we could record, um, on normal TV. And then there's commercials on our Hulu anyway. So it's like, but it's a part of the yeah. full package, which is Disney, Hulu and ESPN. Which now I don't even know if we would need the ESPN Plus because we don't watch. You don't a lot need of it the- for
1: nope because YouTube and YouTube TV gives you the live stuff on ESPN through the ESPN app,
0: right? And so now I'm kind of like thinking, well, we'll have to re readjust our subscriptions a little bit. I did see, I got an email from Disney last week that they were increasing the prices. They're all just slowly increasing. That's how they get you, right? Yeah, like I, signed up, yeah I signed up. I signed up, you know, a couple of years ago, it was $5.99. Then it was $9.99. Now it's $17.99. Right. Like, it's like, they yeah, just keep yeah. climbing. Um, but
1: So do y'all watch on Apple TV or do y'all just have your smart TVs? Because me, I'm an Apple TV guy. I have been for some time. So because so I have all the apps basically works like your iPhone. And then um, the thing the major move was always was like you're saying just there's somebody that, you know, that has Comcast and still has cable and be like, hey, man, I'll give you a few bucks for it. Or most of them, they'll just give you the login and then you get all the live stuff. But do you guys smart TV at Apple TV? It, you know, as we
0: finish this conversation, fire stick we're Amazon fire stick people.
1: Okay, uh, Amazon Fire Stick. I'm, I
0: remember when that first came out, it was major, bro. The reason we like them <laughs> is because the remotes sync to the TVs. So their remotes are like kind of next level a little bit where it can just figure out whatever TVs it's connected to and like you can okay. run the TV off of it too. So instead of – you have dope. to do a lot of um, adjusting there. The uh, universal
1: remote stuff.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> remember, even like what it will also do is if you like your current remote – like if like for us, we have a Sony TV in our bedroom that we like, like we like the remote style and all that. So it, it goes both ways. Either their remote will run your TV or your TV's remote will run the fire stick. So it's kind of smart as far as that goes, where it can pick up either one. So
1: uh, bro, that, but, that that that's a reminder for like, remember when like remotes were a serious thing? Like you used to go buy certain remotes because they were universal and like You used to like if the remote wasn't good, that was a big that was a big thing for a long time.
0: Yeah, we still have some old school TVs throughout the house that run off of like the old school 999 universal remotes where you have to (laughs) hold set up, put in a four digit code and do the whole nine yards till I get it to work. You have to try four codes before it starts working and and all that. The only reason I don't we do have we used to have a couple Apple TVs, but the reason I don't use them uh, recently is because they don't stream NBA. They don't stream the NBA app.
1: The NBA app and is so,
0: horrific on there. It's horrific. That was the only time where I was like, "Yeah, we can't yeah. use those." Where the, the Apple TV is, or excuse me, the Amazon TV is nice because I have my own profile. My wife has her own profile, and like, it's just so far we've liked it. We've used it yeah. for a couple of years, so that's our go to. Good so. man. All right, Marcus. So we spent the later part of last week talking about the upcoming football season. <laughs> How you feeling after week one, bro? How do I mean, you feel about our picks?
1: <laughs> I mean, uh my biggest thing is um I just have to say, Buccaneers. 0. That was very nice to see. It was great to see, you know what I'm saying, Mayfield play well. I'm not like converted yet. I just he's not a bad player. I just don't trust him in the long run. You know what I mean? Plus the whole Mike Evans situation, but That was the the biggest thing for me. As far as what I'm seeing now, though, I just have to say, like, the Kansas City Chiefs still look like they're – I still feel the same way. Like, they're they're in trouble. The 49ers look insane. They look like an absolute juggernaut. Like, they look like a created team, straight up. Like, I feel like everything you would look for in a team with, like, unselfishness, talent, hard work, everything like good people. Defense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just everything that you would think just, they have it. And then, um, I was very surprised with, uh, the Dallas Cowboys with how bad they put it on the giants, even though like that's mostly defense. And I'll, then I'll throw it back to you. That's really defense. Cause once you get up 14 on, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's easy to play offense after that because you can just pin your ears back and go do your thing. It's, especially in the rain like that. I mean, for them to get up, that, w- that was huge. But um, their defenses might be all-time good if this is the way that they're going to keep playing. But the offense, I'm not convinced. But they look good. They look good. So what about you, man?
0: Yeah, it kind of goes back to our conversation about the Chiefs and the Lions, right? Like, are the Chiefs that mm-hmm. bad or or are the Lions that good, right? Yeah, have they made that and jump. And so that, that's where it makes it seem kind of weird. Um, me being a Patriots fan, I'm not gonna lie, yesterday I left with a smile on my face. I know we got beat as you should. But it was the Super Bowl runner-ups. We had a, a couple mistakes early. We had a interception and a fumble early. We were down 16-0 or whatever it was before we even knew what happened. So I think based on that, and then the offensive display that we had after the fact, where, like you said, they didn't once they were up 16-0, they knew what we were gonna do. But yet we still scored two touchdowns before halftime, so it was like we we had ourselves a football game going in, and then the way they battled all the way till the end, we had a couple opportunities. Maybe we could have kicked field goals instead of went for it on fourth down a couple times, stuff like that. Um, you know, if you really want to pick it apart, but overall, I thought Mac Mac looked great, and I and I think the Eagles are really good. Like I think that I think the Eagles, even are good though too. we lost like the Eagles are really good. And so the fact that we were able to hold them to as many three and outs as we did in a row just shows, I think potentially what our defense is going to look like long-term. I mean, think about those two receivers that we're going up against Gonzalez rookie made the big play on the fourth down. So like there was a lot of things that, Happened that I was very happy with. Now we didn't win. I think it was due to the early part of the game with the fumble and the interception. But overall, like the way we battled back and just played, and Mac played well, had a couple drop balls, but that's expected week one and with the weather and with the weather and stuff. So overall, I'm cool with it. Now, like I said, I always would love to win, but it is funny looking across the NFL as those games you mentioned, you know, like are the Niners really that good? Are they that is good, That bad, you that know? Bad. Are, it's, is is yeah. Dallas that good, or is the are the Giants just not that good, you know? And so it's it that's the kind of fun part about here the first couple weeks of the NFL and and seeing how it all pans out. But I will say right now, dude, the NFC those three the three teams we just mentioned the Cowboys and the Niners and the Eagles all look so good, bro. Like dominating football teams, so. That could be a bloodbath. And then we're, we're going to see, you know, supposedly two of the best AFC teams will play later this evening with the Jets and the Bills. And so we'll see kind of how that one pans out. I could see that be one of those two where the Bills beat the Jets by 40. And we're all sitting here like, wait, are the Bills that good or the Jets that bad or vice versa, where the Jets beat them by 30? And we're sitting here going, man, did the Bills fall off? Or man, are the, are the Jets this juggernaut that nobody's going to be able to mess with? So um, overall, it was, it was a fun weekend, man. It was, it was good to see. Uh, both of our teams battle. I was watching the the bucks in the back corner. They're in the top left corner, you know, and I'll be honest. I like Baker. The only reason I like Baker is because he's competitive. You know, he he is going to, he's one of those guys I that's going to give you his good. all and, and he's going to do everything he can to win. And there's some guys, they probably all are that way to an extent, but he's at least one of them. You can see it in his body language where like everything he does is, you can see that he wants to win so bad. And, and that doesn't always happen. So, um over under or what I was thinking, not over under, excuse me. What I we what I'd like to do is overreactions. So we kind of talked about some of the ins and outs as far as that goes. So as far as seeing somebody like the Niners, is it an overreaction to think that they're just gonna almost clean sweep? You know, they're gonna just go through and dominate.
1: Man, they look so good. It's it's not even just that they just Played really well and scored a bunch of points or something. But, like, that first hit on Najee Harris, that first hit on Najee Harris was a statement. And people don't just run through Najee Harris like that. Um, I w- I'd say it's not, man. Just, we got obviously got to wait another couple of games because I hate, you know, going crazy because it's sports and things happen and injuries happen. But, Brock Purdy, cooking. Like, that defense, cooking. That offense, cooking looks like a well-oiled machine. I think it's not an overreaction to think the Niners are just going to roll all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, I would have to say like if I was to look just based off of what I saw this week and what I knew to be true at the end of last season, that the Niners would be my pick for the Super Bowl to win to go and win. But like, come on, bro, going undefeated all season and going to that's like unheard of. But um, what about you?
0: I mean, there was a Patriots team that almost did it if it wasn't for Eli Manning, but um, no, you know, for me, it's, it's, I just always look at the roster and I'm going to bring it back to NBA, but you know, you look at like somebody like Kawhi Leonard or some of these other guys were like, you just know they're going to be hurt at some point. And that's how I look at Christian McCaffrey and Debo. It's, they're going to be hurt at some point. Kittle, same way. Like Kittle, I don't even think was he was questionable going into the game yesterday. So it's like there's just so many opportunities for those guys and so much track record of them not playing the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw how Brock got hurt at the end of last year, and he only played a handful of games. So you're always one play away. That's That's pretty simple to say, and it's kind of cliche, but I think – we can't judge a team off of one game. And I think that as sound as Pittsburgh has been in the past and how hot they finished the season last year, it was still the first game and, and they could have been, they could have been caught off guard. But my thought also goes to Pittsburgh knew that, that you're not going to watch any more film on a team than week one, because you had weeks on weeks to prepare for them or next week. It's a new team. Next week. It's a new team from here on out. So there's a part of me, too, that's like, hmm, interesting, because I felt like with the Patriots, you could tell they had watched film on Philly and what they like to do. A lot of the RPOs that Hertz killed people with last year, we had a guy waiting for it. They, they very rarely let Hertz just really get off like he did a lot of times last year. So um, I'm not going to say overreaction that they're the best team. I would probably say overreaction that they're going to go undefeated and just slap everybody.
1: Okay, so I got one on the opposite side, bro. <laughs> are the bear? Are the Bears that bad? I felt real. I was not. I really was excited for them. Like I was like, this is going to be a good season for them.
0: Forrest Jordan loved the real deal. That's what I thought was so crazy is that, you know, I saw that stat. I'll probably get it wrong, but it's the Packers have only had three starting quarterbacks since like '94, <laughs> like. That is insane. That far for 15 years, uh, Rodgers for 10 years, it's like whatever the, it's it was. Like the la-
1: it's like the last 30 years, bro, that they've had like two main, they've had obviously people start some games due to injuries, but like they've had two consistent starting quarterbacks for almost the last 30. Years. And I was thinking, so if that trend continues, it could be 40, 43, 45 years if Jordan Love ends up being the player that, the player that the franchise has shown that they'll trust and develop. You know, they gave the reins to Brett Favre, traded for him to get him, gave the reins to, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it was the, ex- it's like the a mirror formula of the situation. It, right?
0: Exactly. But they have a that's formula I mean. to it, right? Where it's like you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you bring in an under, understudy, maybe a little early, but mm-hmm. he sits two or three years behind and that like Hall three of years, Famer. Yeah learns about it and then when it's their turn the the other quarterback moves on and that guy moves up so to have far hall of famer rogers hall of famer but they have found like some kind of secret to success with how to play these younger quarterbacks because i think if you throw in jordan love week one of his rookie year like we saw yesterday with a handful of those other guys they all lost richardson lost uh Carolina loss, yep. you know, and, and and so when you give him those three years, then you come out and you throw for all those yards and all those touchdowns. Um, as far as the Browns or excuse me, the Bears go, I always have a hard time with guys like Justin Fields for two reasons. One, athletic quarterbacks have their limitations, and what I mean by that is play calling, coverage reading. Shifting line for blocking, stuff like that. I also have a hard time with guys that come from just such dominant football programs in college. And like when Fields was at Ohio State, the receivers he had, the coaching he had, like they were beating the brakes off of every team. And so it it makes me hard to judge the quarterback because when you get to the NFL, it's an evil, even is even playing field as they can get it, right? Like everybody's a superstar where when you're Ohio state and you're playing Northwestern, when there's 22 guys on the field, you have 11 of the, you know, like, or when you look at the rosters hand for hand, like 90% of Ohio state's roster is always better. And so it's so much easier to win games like that when you're like immediately better. Where currently where the Bears sit, they, are, they aren't, right? They're probably more of like in the 40 percentile or 30 percentile of having some of the better players. And so that like can even out the playing field when it comes to some of these quarterbacks if you don't have some of those extra talent things that, that we talk about. So I don't feel bad for the Bears just because I don't really care too much about yeah, the Bears either, to be yeah. honest. But... I just think that there's something to be said with those quarterbacks that are on teams in college that are just so dominant it makes it hard to really judge who they are until they're in the league for a little bit. Now I think you look at I think you look at the Bama quarterbacks, you know, Tua, Hurts, Mac Jones, like you can tell that yes, they probably had more dominant college years because their teams were so dominant, but they were able to carry that success over or something about, you know, like an Ohio state, the Ohio state quarterback, Justin Fields, they had such dominance in college, but I don't think it's conveying over to uh, winning at the highest level um, as, as easily.
1: And I, and I agree with you. And I think that is for a certain reason, because like the athletic quarterback, well, Jalen hurts is an athletic quarterback. like, Patrick Mahomes is an athletic quarterback, Um, but they also had way better – Steve McNair was an athletic quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Um, What's his name? I don't know why it's leaving me right now, but uh, Steve Young was an athletic quarterback, right? But they also had – and I always go back to this, like position slash player development. So when you don't have the right coaches with those players developing them, like Jalen Hurts took a massive jump like year three, you know, when you don't have that. And being,
0: it, and I think going to Oklahoma helped him a ton, right? Because exactly. Exactly. Oklahoma, he had to the prove that he could learn a new system and he had to mm-hmm. learn a new playbook and he had to develop. And then he turned around and won the Heisman while doing it. And then yeah. you look at, you know, Baker and Kyler have had a lot of success. I'm not going to say they've been unbelievable, but like mm-hmm. that's Oklahoma was a system that's proven Shoot, you even look back to all the quarterbacks from Oklahoma, even that's going back to the day, yeah. right. That, that yeah. they have, they've succeeded at a high level. Um, Sam Bradford obviously is one that comes to mind. Like mm-hmm. he was a good NFL quarterback. And so coaching. I can't think of one Ohio state, quarterback because they can't count Joe Burrow is not an Ohio State quarterback they can't count he's him. not
1: he's actually yeah I know I people yeah he's not an Ohio State quarterback even though he was, he an was there, quarterback right? he was there but he didn't develop underneath that tutelage you know what I'm saying so
0: yeah so I can't I take those guys seriously um that come out of Ohio State yet I haven't seen it yet so but those like you said the player development out of certain schools Oklahoma being one of them Yes, you have to run a certain style with Baker, with Kyler, with Hertz, but the coaches know that when they draft them and when they pick them and how they develop them. So I'd be curious to see if one, how the coaching style continues to adapt to uh, Justin Fields and potentially his skill set. But also, like I saw uh, Hertz yesterday make adjustments on the fly, he was moving the coverage he was, or excuse me, he was moving the line. He was adjusting the routes based on the coverages and stuff like that. And the times I have watched Justin Fields, I don't see a lot of that.
1: I, so, I see a lot of, yeah. There are a lot of sacks where I'm like, yo, like that's. That's on the quarterback. Uh, that looks like that was on him. Cause you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. But uh, who's do you start developing thinking about? A Man, You don't have Kyle Shanahan. You get people like that. Those people. They develop, you know, and, and, and I'll go back to what you were saying before. I agree that, like, if you have a young guy and you don't have anybody in front of him who's worth learning from, put him in. Troy Aikman, same. You know what I'm saying? There are a lot of, you know, Peyton Manning. They all took L's early on. A lot of quarterbacks you can name. But when you've got guys like that really know how to play the position let them come in and sit and watch. I think that's one of the best things that you can do. But again, you ha- you have to have the right system, you have to have the right coaches, you have to have, you know, quarterback coaches and you have to have the right actual mentor form cuz every mentor ain't the you know, best one.
0: So, and that's the last thing I'll say about that specific game is like the dominance of the Packers over the last however many years. Like they very rarely are a bad team. They're definitely never a bad coach team. Now there's been some up and downs with the Brett Favre drama and then the obviously towards the end there with Rogers, there was some drama, but at the end of the day, they always play hard. They always have good skill players and they always compete and they're, they're a well coached team. You can tell from like a schematic standpoint, not a lot of penalties and things like that. And all that comes into play. And that was what was frustrating. <clears throat> We're going to talk about the Patriots game now. That was what was frustrating last year with the Patriots was seeing the amount of just mental cues that were missed and plays that were missed and things like that. And just all the dumb things that happen. And I'll be honest, the first two quarters of the game or first probably about quarter, I was like, man, it's going to be the same song, same dance because we threw a pick six. We threw a screen to Ezekiel Elliott who didn't fumble once last year who fumbles like in his debut, like the third time he touches the ball for the I Patriots. Know, man. And I'm just kind of like, man, here we go again. But
1: yeah,
0: sure enough, full circle, you know, that the offense did show that like Bill O'Brien made a difference. There was guys wide open in space. They were making plays. They were putting guys in positions to succeed. And I think that's like the big thing that people always talk about back and forth around, well, this guy isn't that good. Well, this guy isn't that good. I always lean back even on my personal football career. I don't think that there was a lot of times where I was put in the best position for me positionally to succeed based on my skill set. Where the best of the best, you were talking about the Niners, they know what they need to do to get D ball the ball in space to make him make plays. They know what they like. Ayuk, another one. We can put him here, so then he can succeed. And I think that there is coaches even at the highest level that they they can't grasp that concept of like getting the best players in the best positions to succeed. Where with Man Mac that- yesterday. I think it could be an ego thing. I think for I think it's mostly a lot ego. of the, I think the coaches, they have their yeah. system, they have what they believe in, um, and they don't take the time to look at a player and, and how they can help you win and in, in putting them in that position. Cause they, they put the positions into the playbook instead of the playbook into the positions type thing. So, and that was where I was excited yesterday. You know, we were missing Devonte Parker, which I think he would have helped with a lot of the playmaking, some of the catches, um, we were throwing it to that rookie a lot, which was fine. Um, but you look at the same thing we're talking about here. Gonzalez had to go against two of the best receivers in the league in A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. But the coaches put him in a position to succeed. They didn't put him like on an island, press coverage, good luck, buddy, welcome to the NFL. It was, OK, if you're going to press, you're going to have help over the top. OK, if you're playing outside, you're going to have inside leverage, stuff like that. Like there was so they, they schematic really well. And I could tell even on that last play before I pass off to you of your thoughts of that game. When they ran the fourth down, the Eagles towards the end of the game, they ran that fourth down and they ended up running the crazy. Slant. By the way, you know that the defensive coordinator, whether it was Belichick or whoever it was, went up to Gonzalez And said, hey, if they're throwing the ball, they're throwing it at you because you're a rookie and they know like they're going to try to pick on you. And more than likely, it's going to be a slant because we're going to bring the house, yada, yada, yada. And sure enough, man, that man made a great play. He was coached for it. He was ready for it and ultimately made the play. And I think going back to our conversation, even a little bit last week with Dion, having coaches that instill confidence in you. And the understanding of what's potentially to come and knowing that they have faith in you to make the play when it's presented is really what ultimately will, will excel the better teams in the long run. So. Yeah, man.
1: I, I agree with you. And, uh, actually, I'll go back to something that you said. I'll go back to, so, you know, we've been going, Kylie and I have been going to high school games. So there was like storms all weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like all over the country. We needed the rain here in Texas, but, um, so we went to a game. It was, um, Oh man, I can't think of the school that they played against, but it was Prestonwood Christian Academy against, I can't th- think of the school, but either way. First off, these Texas quarterbacks, bro, is it's, it's the real deal. I'm just telling you right now, like what I've seen in Texas in two weeks of high school football, these boys are the real deal. Um, there was a scenario where this guy had already been torching in the first half. Torton. And actually what's funny is the kid that was playing quarterback for Prestonwood, which is the home team right here in Plano slash Carrollton, he transferred from this school because he's committed to Tulane and Tulane wanted to see him play in a different league with different competition. This is weird. I've never heard of that before. But allegedly, that's what a parent was telling us, like, oh yeah, they Tulane wanted. I'm like, that was a bad decision because his old team is smoking, first off. Um, this kid at wide receiver just. I mean, kid couldn't have been 5'10. You would have loved watching this kid work on the outside. By this time, the kids already got like probably a hundred yards in the first half. And they put this, they put this kid like with the mouthpiece dangling down, like skinny, like on the outside on his own with no help over the top. And I was like, immediately as I was watching, I was like, over the top, zero coverage. This is horrible coaching immediately because, you know, and and, and sure enough, what happened? Boom, straight First go, play. <laughs> go route, straight down the sideline, 70 yards, um, 60 yards. But um, again, this goes back to what you were saying, like, bro, uh, I think a big change, and I'll speak on the Patriots game for a second. I don't want to say that Bill Belichick like lost a step or anything like that last season or last couple seasons, but if you don't have the same people around you, the quality of people, everything can't be, you know what I'm saying? him, it's Nick Saban, same thing. I mean, it's the quality of people that you have around. Everybody thinks, oh, Nick Saban is this wonderful, amazing. Yeah, he is. He's a great mind. But the people he had around him who are his position coaches, the medical staff, the athletic trainers, ev- everybody has this standard of excellence around you and it just trickles down. And I think that to me, it looks like y'all have gotten back to getting some of those. You got to think about how many coaches around the league came from the Patriot tree. And I mean, that's always something to take pride in. I talk about that with um us and our coaching, you know, in the fitness world. And it's like, if there's one thing I can take pride in, bro, it's my coaching tree of people who then went and became top, you know, high tier coaches or open gyms. I feel great about that because I know that it's being passed on the wrong, you know, the right way. So... Yeah, man. I mean, it's I I I'm excited for you guys to see what you guys do because that offense looked that offense looked like something I would want to watch. If you if you took the jerseys off and put any team on top of it, I was like, oh, the way that they're using these screens, the creativity of them, the timing of them, the tight occupation of the occupation of space, getting back, getting back to that's OG like. Hernandez and Gronk, like using tight ends as a true weapon, because I will say, I will honestly say, I believe the Patriots are to blame for the weaponizing of tight ends because Gronk <laughs> and Hernandez, and Gonzalez or not Gonzalez, but uh, Aaron Hernandez were completely different breeds and they use them as such. Um, so, uh, but another thing I wanted to bring up to you, bro, was the, uh, Seahawks Rams game. And so it's it's two things from that game. Like, love to see it. Rams had a really tough year last year, really downtime. You know, are they cooked? Everything like that, you know, and it's tough to come off a Super Bowl. Um, but also uh Geno Smith yelling oh my god when Aaron Donald was bearing down on him bro can you please just what, I, I don't know how many times I watched it and as a quarterback I kind of had like I have I felt I felt that deep down in my like bones bro I've never yelled it but I I've in my head I've said it multiple times like where like is nobody is nope like help me Someone please. But anyways, bro, when you when you heard Gino Smith yell, oh my God, and then he just throws it across the middle so nobody can catch it. What what were you thinking about?
0: Oh, sticking back to what I was playing one time and one of our linemen missed the guy and our quarterback just got completely obliterated. And the old linemans like, walking up to the quarterback trying to help him up, like, oh, my bad, my bad. Quarterback slapped the, the old linemans hand out of the way and said, man, don't ever apologize for me. You almost got me killed. Yeah, <laughs> like, straight up, bro. Uh, oh, man, no, that was a great, great NFL moment. Thank the Lord for uh, mic'd up moments like that. Cause Come that on, has dude. Me, that has me even crying right now because – you got to have big man coming at you like that, bro. Oh, it's just just too dang funny. Um, yeah, man. Speaking of dudes just moving, how about the Miami Dolphins? Uh, Tua, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek is the best receiver in the league right now. That man is like when you have six yards of space on multiple plays where like you are just wide open, that is just because you're that much better than everybody else. Like <clears throat> this man is so fast. He is so athletic. He makes play after play. And, and we're not going to touch on college today. Thank the Lord. But that was the thing about watching the Nebraska game is like, we just don't have any playmakers. We're like, we don't have anybody that can make a play in space. or we like, well, we need a big first down or anything like that. Tyreek Hill is that and more. We're like, you give that man a slant. It can be an ADR touchdown. You put that man on a post. He's probably going to be open for a bomb. You, ru- you run a screen with him that maybe 10 yard screens could turn into 50 yards. Like the, his ability to play the game of football and how fast and quick he is in comparison to NFL players is like insane. I don't know how long it's going to last, like the rest of his career, but right now it is, it is the biggest unfair advantage. And I thought that when he was with the chiefs, I'm like, okay, so you have the best quarterback and the fastest receiver and probably the best tight end. like, no wonder you guys are winning all these games. Where this man just continues year after year just to ball, and he is so fast, so electric. Um, did you catch any of that Dolphins game yesterday?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I was happy for um, I was happy for Tua. You yeah, know, I was happy for Tua because, uh, with this, just praying that he stays. You know, doesn't get any more concussions, man. But you know what they went through last season with his injuries, and you know that kind of affecting their season, and then him dedicating himself this offseason to putting on some size. And they said that he got really deep into, like, jujitsu, like, like rolling, like, every day and, you know, just really trying to get his body and mind right. I thought that was great to see. Scary, bro. Like,
0: scary. They were my pick. I told you they were my pick for the yeah. division. They are scary, so bro. talented. And, yeah.
1: You're right about, like, bro, Tyreek is fast among the fastest people in the NFL. He's, you like, back, like when, you gotta un-
0: back when Madden you gotta was a little more glitchy. Back Mm -hmm. when Madden was a little more glitchy and you could like take a player or we even think about like back when Michael Vick was on the video game, you could just run around with Michael Vick and nobody was fast enough to catch Michael Vick on the video game. So you could just like basically do a bootleg every play and like nobody would ever touch him. He's like that, but like in real life in 2023. (laughs) Yeah. 215 yards receiving, two touchdowns,
1: two ahead. It was 466 for three tutties. Like, that's crazy. And the funny thing about Tyreek is, like, you can run him on any route, right? But there there are three, like, primary ways that he's used. You mentioned a couple of them. One is the slant. Two is, like, it's like a a post. But really what they do is they start him on one side of the field and they just cross him over and let the coverage – cross find for a the a second open, find the open and just, space people just lose him yeah they just lose him in space and he's so fast that by the time you realize that yo nobody's covering him because somebody lost him especially against his own it's just too late um and then bro to see him on a go route if any time that he wants to he can just get by you and not only that bro th- like one of his touchdowns i'm not sure which one i mean it was bro, the win a- the game
0: that is, a guy that's, catch.
1: that is a guy that's <laughs> draped on you. If you notice veteran, he didn't even pick his hands up. He kept his hands down and literally the ball goes right past the defender's helmet, like into his cup. I mean, just do you know so why much they respect do that? for the preparation of that.
0: Do you know why you do that?
1: Uh, why you don't pick it. Yeah. So, the so, I mean, so, so the DB is guessing if the ball is even coming your way, you know, when you, when your eyes get big or, you know, you start to raise your hand up, they know. So you just try to stay as calm as possible and just keep your hands down. But I mean, oh, that's, that's next like next level.
0: That's next that's, level to wait. It's really hard to do. It's really it's, hard to do to realize that the DB can only see you and not the ball mm. coming. And to sit there and wait and not show that the ball is almost in your hands, and at the last second, put your hands where you're going to catch it. Like that's because the second he puts his arms up, like the ball's coming, the DB they're taught punch through the window, punch it out, yeah, punch through yeah. the window. So not even give him a window and then at the very last second be like, boop, got it.
1: (laughs) And you're so used to hearing like high point the ball, high point the ball. But again, that's like the evolution of the game, bro. Because I was thinking like, you know, when I was playing quarterback, back shoulder throws weren't weren't really, you know, a focus. You know, these nuances like this, they really weren't a focus to where, you know, you were saying – Hey, you know, don't, don't pick your hands up. They were saying go high point, you know, stuff like that. Um, also when you watch like the quarterbacks throw, you know, I came from the West coast. So obviously that was a lot of West coast quarterback stuff, you know, you know, ball high and tight up to your ear, stuff like that. You know, they didn't want that. And now when you watch these guys throw, it's a much more natural throw. Like it's more natural to just hold a ball here. You know what I'm saying? And they're not so worried about it because actually where that came from is Dan Marino. Dan Marino was so heralded for the quick release of the ball that they were saying it was easier for you to throw from a higher. So just to see the things that they're doing with how they're throwing the ball and how these receivers are, it's just, I thought it was awesome. I thought that was a great moment and hopefully those guys can keep it up. Look, when Miami sports is doing well, like good things are happening. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, I mean, I don't need that to go too well when they play Tampa, but you know what I'm saying? I
0: was about to say, are you about to, Throw some shade at the Celtics while we we're here. Is that what you're about to do right there? Kind of felt that way. Why? Why? Because you're like, well, Miami sports are doing good. Well, that's usually only in oh. outside of football <laughs> when they play basketball. It's usually only when, when they they're beating basketball. the Celtics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the Hurricanes won. The Hurricanes got to win. So okay. Um, okay. You know what I'm saying? That was that. That you know. Again, I'm a Florida State fan, but it's always better when Miami's doing better. So we can beat them when they're ranked, so we can get propelled in the rankings. So but that actually leads me to something I was gonna ask you about, which was um, bro, the injuries in football. Not to make like a super somber moment, but in that Miami game, I was I was watching that game and um the quarterback Van Dyke really just went off and it was a great moment for Miami. And again, like I'm an old school football fan, so I love seeing good things happen to historic programs, FSU all the way, but um there was a they have an all American safety that got carted off in that game. I, I haven't seen an update on them, but I saw probably three different occurrences this past weekend from between NFL and um college of just like really scary moments. You know what I mean? And even a couple times, bro, where I saw hits and I was like, that could have been way worse. Way worse. And um I was listening to our, to, to one of the shows that we put out and I was kind of talking about how, you know, oh, it was the youth one where I talked about not playing tackle football, you know, until I got, um, until I got into high school and kind of learning how to hit because you're hitting without a helmet and it's more rugby style. But I just wanted to ask like what you thought about that. You know I mean? It's just such a scary thing. It like, And I feel like we're not that we didn't see it before, but I just feel like we're seeing it
0: more and more. Yeah. The software has been updated. You know, you guys have, or everybody has bigger, faster, stronger players. So um, now, now that the, the software, I don't mean to make a joke out of it, but truthfully, I mean, think how big strong fast these athletes are compared to what they were even when we played. Right. And so um, I'm actually surprised it doesn't happen more often. I can't tell you how many times I watch the game and I see some guy's leg twist weird, or I see a shot that's hit and I'm just like, Ooh, that's not good. And the dude just pops up like nothing ever happened. So, um, mm-hmm. I think it's just the nature of the game. I think a lot of, I think not, I do think everybody knows what they signed up for. If they don't like they should, cause they're going to find out really quick. But, um, I think that the risk of what potentially could happen is, is why we love sports and why people love football so much. And so, um, I attribute it mainly to that. I think even with fundamentals, even with penalties and even with all the different rule changes and stuff at the end of the day, like these guys are going as hard as they can. And when you have a 6'5", 250 guy hitting somebody that's 5'11", 180 pounds, I mean, it's a it's a truck hitting a person like. uh And so I think that unfortunately, it's just it truthfully is just part of the game. And uh I got I got
1: I got I can't do too. anything about
0: it. Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah. So, so check this out. This is from uh,
1: CBSSports.com. So, NFL injuries down, right? 5.6% from last season. This was, um, this was 2022. This was a study done from 2021 to 2022, NFL season. Injuries down 5.6%, 23 more concussions in 2022 than in 2021. Now, the reason that those injuries are down could be for a few reasons. Like, they've, you know, they've done stuff with practices. They've done stuff with preseason, which, look, you're going to see sloppier play, guys, because, look, one, there's not as many preseason games. Thank you. And there's not – and in those preseason games, players just are not playing as much because it just is what it is. I mean, you can say what you want about the that. It would help more. Look, in college, in high school, we don't play no preseason games. You have a spring game and you might go to a little – you might have some interest squad practices or something like that, but you're not doing four, five, six preseason full games to see what you have. So you can say that, but well, there are teams that did it like the Niners and, and the Dolphins who – they played about the same as you know same amount of snaps, but I think that um, that's the interesting stat with the more concussions injuries down. The rules have changed. They've you know taken you know done stuff with kickoffs and things like that, but there's still 23 more concussions, and it's like you said, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, and still, man, I think it's going to be another 10 years before you really see a serious serious like ask, like drop off because these guys have learned to play this way. It's hard to just make a change in the middle of your college career or your pro career, just like it is to, you know, if I was to tell you to, I don't know, change the way that you run an out route. I mean, it's going to take you a while to figure that out. It's not going to be instant, you know, so.
0: Yeah. And I just continue to go back to like these guys are everything happens so fast for these guys, like even the best of the best players when you're giving all out effort. And those plays are just the blink of an eye. All that happens so fast that it, I don't think it – just the – it's the nature of the game. I mean, dude, you look back at those videos we used to watch as kids growing up, all those – I had two NFL films tapes that were literally just guys getting completely obliterated for an hour and a half. It was just a highlight reel of them just Everyone getting, was getting over c- c- and over. Every single one of them would have been, would have been an <sighs> illegal hit today. <laughs> right. Body slams, suplexes, like the whole nine yards. So – Um, I just, I just think it's you know it's the nature of the beast. I even think of a there was a play yesterday with Ezekiel Elliott and the linebacker of the Eagles, just full speed mono mono, and just the crack of that is it literally sounds like a a car wreck, and it is because these guys are that much stronger, they're that much bigger, they're that much faster, where that collision impact is so much heavier, um, Mm -hmm. just based on on timing. But I will say that hit on.
1: Jalen Hurts, beautiful textbook, textbook,
0: absolutely beautiful. Speaking of, that was I, I was we were talking on the pod the other day, and I we were talking about peppers, and that's the peppers from Jabril. Michigan. Jabril Peppers Julius, Peppers. Julius Peppers was the D that played <laughs> that played basketball at North Carolina and then was the yeah. he actually played for the Carolina Panthers and used the DN. Yep. That was unbelievable. Yep. So you, love you Jabril Peppers, that I'll watch them in I college. Remember, he was unbelievable. He's electric. And I love that the yeah. Patriot, how the Patriots used him yesterday. He I saw him all over on special teams and he was a playmaker in college. That doesn't go away. It doesn't. I think he had some injuries early in his NFL career that kind of brought him to where he's at now, but I mean, he's found a home. I'm a big fan of Peppers. When he's out there, I'm like, "All right, let's go. Um, we're yeah. good to go." So, well, another game I want to touch on before we wrap Hit this me. thing up is is the the Bengals and the Browns. Now, you talked a little bit about guys not playing in the preseason and such, and we know with with Burrow, he was hurt. Are the Browns that good or the Bengals that bad? Because the Browns looked tough, dude. Like their defense is good. Their offense is good. Nick Chubb went off as normal, 18 carries for 106 yards. Watson wasn't unbelievable. You know, he is 154 right. yards, one touchdown, one pick, but like in that offense with that defense, I don't think he's going to have to do much else. You know, he's going to mm. need to be a, a game controller and just not make mistakes. But um, overall, what was your, your thoughts of on that one? That was one of the games I was in one of my four corners. I just kept waiting for burrow to bring the, bring the crew to, to life off. and it just wasn't there. Yeah. So go ahead. What you got? So, I'll start with the defense.
1: The defense of the Browns, I think, is legit. And that's one thing that they don't need very much preseason or reps to do. You just be in your gap, do your job, wrap up. You know what I'm saying? You got outside contain, you got outside contain. You got backside, you got backside. Just do your job. And, you know, the the man next to you will do the same. Now, on offense, I I think, especially for, um, you know, Joe Burrow, but I think it still pertains to to Deshaun Watson because. I think he's still got some of that that carryover where he's trying to, you know what I mean? From being, when you're out for that long and you go through all the things, you know, that were surrounding that situation, I think it can take a while for you to get back. So 60 for 29, not bad. Um, I, It's crazy because Shadur Sanders threw 21 times in the first half of the Colorado game. He it's threw crazy. like 23 times the second half. And I was talking to Kylie about how much they're passing now. So it's crazy to see like, Joe Burrow, fourteen of thirty-one, and Deshaun Watson, you know, sixteen of twenty-nine. But uh, Joe Joe Burrow, look, it's just reps. You know, he's been out. You know, and honestly, the Browns just sometimes people just have your number. And Deshaun Watson, I think he'll pick it up too. But uh, I think it was just I I, I'm definitely not going to say the uh, Browns are
0: that much better at this point. What do you think? Every time the showed watson i just like felt weird i don't even know why like i don't i didn't have much invested in his situation or Mm -hmm. any of that but even like when he's scoring the touchdown and smiling and doing the air guitar and he's on the sidelines with his earrings and all that i just like (laughs) there's something about it that kind of just feels (laughs) weird to me about Uh like just everything um (laughs) like i said i had zero invested into what it happened with his personal life but there's just something about it that makes me feel some type of way um you know you just look at the dominance defensively i mean it didn't even look like the based on the the stat line here that the Bengals even got in the red zone like that's pretty crazy that they had zero red zone made or attempts (laughs) so like the fact that they dominated so much to where uh the the Bengals didn't even get in the red zone didn't even have an opportunity to score is is a big sign you know you go back to player confidence and all that when you're hurt and you're coming off an injury you're missing that piece and burrow yes he had been riding high for so long but once you get that chink in the armor sometimes it can really cause um some other stones to fall and and I think him going 14 for 31 for not even 100 yards is is pretty intense um to see but
1: 82 the yards in an entire
0: NFL game is crazy. Wait, especially when your receivers are Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Yeah.
1: Jamar <laughs> Chase had five receptions for like thirty
0: nine yards. Right. So I think overall that was that was pretty telling. Um and that division's tough, you know, with the mm-hmm. the Browns and the Bengals and of course the Ravens are gonna be in the mix as well. Yeah. Um, they play the Ravens next week. So I think I think uh, there's been too many times where a team started 0-2 and then they end up finishing off making a de- decent run into the playoffs. I think it, it happens pretty commonly. So I'm not going to write off the Bengals, but the Browns always the last couple years, and we can go back to the Baker stuff. The quarterback was the missing piece, and that is the whole reason they paid Watson all that money and guaranteed him all that stuff was because they knew they had built the infrastructure around everything else but that one piece. And I think a game like this, it was raining. It was the weather was kind of crappy. Hey, dude, all we need you to do is not screw anything up. We don't need you, you to. Go. Yeah, we don't need you to mess. You know, we don't need you to. our defense
1: is playing. win us the games, yeah.
0: and that's what Baker. I felt like never could quite understand. It didn't help that he had like it's a good point. Odell Beckham and all them like there was a lot of times where I felt like Baker felt the pressure to be Baker, where I think they could have used him a lot of times to just be a game controller. And that's where yesterday with Mac Jones, I I was really, I'm going to keep going back because they're my favorite team. That was, what was encouraging to see was they don't, they're not going to ask Mac to do a lot. And the only time they had to ask him to do a lot was when we were down 16, nothing. And he was able to do it. But if that game doesn't start off 16, nothing, Hey, dump screens, hit guys that are open and and control the ball. And I think that's what Watson's going to be good at. Cause he used to be one of those guys that could change the game just by himself. So if he can accept the role of, man, we have a great defense. We have an unbelievable running back, probably the best running back in the league. Let's just, let's just nickel and dime this thing and we're going to win a lot of football games against a lot of high talent. So yeah. Any more thoughts around
1: that game? Um, around that game, again, I, I think that you made a good point about the weather and how that stuff was affecting a lot of games. Um, I, I'm not, I'm just not going to put too much in into it, except for saying like, hey, like you know, I like what the Browns' defense is doing. I will say, Mac Jones. I'll will finish off the Mac Jones talk for you. 316 yards, three touchdowns, 91 passer rating, 64 point completion percentage.
0: It's not bad for
1: a for somebody that managed the game.
0: So I had a screenshot that I sent. Um, let's just say some contacts in my phone. It's a screenshot in the middle of the game. 10 for 10, 107 yards, two touchdowns. That's how you win football games is you go 10 for 10, two touchdowns. And, I, and these aren't just dumps and dives. Like, yes, now we'll run through the yardage of those passes. So zero, 15, 23, 10, nine, negative two. So I was probably a screen 13, 13, seven, 19. Like those are plays down the field. Those aren't just two, three yeah. yard out routes. You know, those are, yeah. those are shots. And uh, like I said, he looked good. He, there was a couple balls that, you know, I'm sure he, he watched the film today and wish he had back, but that Hunter Henry catch, I don't know if you saw that, but that Hunter Henry catch on fourth down, that one handed snag was nasty, nasty Gronk S yeah. and go, going back to that tight end conversation, Gaseki a little more Hernandez type, you know, a little bit more athletic, wide receiver looking type. And then you got Henry that's out there blocking and making plays. So um, I'm good with it overall. But let's look kind of just over at the overall scoreboard. Was there any other games that kind of stuck out to you as we as we look to wrap this thing up today?
1: Hmm. I mean, I, I think tonight is probably the one that I'm excited to see the most. Right. I will, I'll, let's see what happens with the with the Jets. So I'll I'll wait and hold off on that. I'll, I'd say outside of the game tonight, you know, unless there's no fireworks from it. As someone who's not who lives in Dallas, and I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan, nor will I ever be a convert. That was pretty impressive. That's all I'll say about that. That was pretty they beat impressive. The that defense off of it. They,
0: that they beat the that defense off is of
1: good. Dak seems very relaxed and confident.
0: Yeah the last thing i want to touch on was the denver broncos poor bronco fans you know first yeah, half nah, russ, really. russ is cooking russ really. is cooking he's got two touchdowns ooh we feel good about this and then the second half it was yeah <laughs> same old story same old song and and sure enough the the raiders man they the thing i like about the raiders and i like about tampa bay even is you just look through their roster and they just have so many veteran guys that know how to win football games, Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, Devonte Adams, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, these are Amir Abdullah. Those are all guys that have played so much winning football that at the end of the day, you guys, they strap up just like anybody else. And when you put them against the team, the chances of them winning are are, are immediately increased just based on that. And I think that's what happened with Tampa Bay yesterday is this, you have so many guys that have played such high level football. We talked about that in our show last week. They have so many guys that play high level football that at the end of the day, sometimes that that will be enough to win you some football games. So, yeah. um, overall, that game was kind of fun just because of the closeness of it and and I have a couple Bronco fans in my life that were pretty hype yeah. at halftime and by the end it was kind of same song, same dance. So weird thing
1: with that game too. I, I've been look because I've been looking closer at like you know stats and things like that and so. completion percentage. He had two touchdowns. I'm trying to find like his exact like attempts, but he threw a great, I mean, he threw almost 80% for that game. So who am I going to, but
0: when you have 27 catches, you have 27 catches for 177 yards. That's a 5.2 average. That is like, so isn't that the offensive?
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, so that's what I was kind of getting. It's like, Sean Payton, the way that he wants to run his offense, it may not – this isn't Drew Brees. Like, Russell Russell Wilson likes to push the ball down the field, you know? So that's kind of my thing because he can't call the plays, though, yes, he can. You know, but the general game plan of what they're trying to do is based off of exactly what you're talking about. And my dude threw 80 percent, so let's take some shot, Bro, I've been – I've just been – Since I've been at these games, watching them, like, you know, a few of these games in person recently, I'm just like, bro, throw the ball over the top. Like, the only way you're going to open up is by hitting some, you know what I'm saying, hitting the dead spots in the zone or making them respect you to the outside. Like, you know what I mean? So that's all. I just kind of want to throw that out there because I feel like Russell Wilson is getting beat down. And I'm like, my dude was 80%. So let's start pushing the ball down the
0: field. Yeah, but he was 80% throwing – one yard, Five two yards, yard Three yard dunkers. And, yeah, screens <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that. back screens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, And true. that, going back to this, I'm going to hit it one more time as we get ready to sign off this thing. That was the one thing I liked about Mac Jones yesterday. That man was chucking the, chucking the ball downfield. And anytime you can see your, at least guys take a shot, even if it is an interception, even if it isn't a good take play. A shot. Take a shot. And that's why you have people like Mike Evans, because I saw Baker take a couple of shots yesterday with Mike Evans. And so you got to be able to take those shots. So we'll see how tonight wraps up with the Bills and the Jets. I think it's going to tell us a big story in the AFC. As always, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all joining us for another NFL episode on the Grateful Eight show. And we will see y'all next week. Later, guys. Love y'all.